So hello, my name is Christina Middleton. I am the Health uh, and Wellbeing Lead at St George's and I'm joined today um, by Alison Smith. Alison, would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you very much. So my name is Alison Smith. I work as a senior manager in a hospital and community setting in London and I've worked in and out of the NHS for over 30 years. Uh, much has changed and much has stayed the same. Um, I live in the southeast with my partner and my cat and I have no children. Lovely. Uh, thank you, Alison. So we're here today to talk about your menopause experience. So firstly, just for the context, is there anything do you think in your role uh, at work that affected your menopause experience? Um, it's interesting because I work in an equality and diversity role. So I think I have uh, had quite an open experience about menopause because I'm used to having conversations about reasonable adjustments and any other uh, things that need to be altered for someone's work. So my job in itself, I think, has given me an advantage in um, working with menopause. Um, there are some issues around working in the NHS. I think when, when you are going through menopause, the relentless nature of the work is difficult. All of our services are open seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So sometimes it's quite difficult to work at, at, at a different pace uh, if you find yourself um, sort of feeling a bit out of sorts. But I'll say a little bit more about that as we go, Christina. Lovely, thank you. So can you tell me, when did you first realise that you're going through menopause? Well, it's quite difficult to say, and I'm going to be quite open about my challenges because I think it's more helpful if I am. So I had a marina coil fitted in my 40s because I had very abnormal, abnormal bleeding. And, and by fitting the coil, it actually stopped my periods altogether, which, which was just a gift. It was just wonderful. Um, but of course, as I got older, uh, it did mean that it was difficult to judge if I was actually going through the menopause, because obviously the first sign that most women notice is an absence of periods or periods becoming irregular and stopping altogether. So um, I had a couple of blood tests which were sort of fairly inconclusive and saying, well, I don't think you've gone through menopause yet. And when I had my smear test, the nurse also said she didn't think I'd gone through menopause yet. So um, it wasn't really until last year, until spring last year, when I had a really bad bout of uh, depression that I thought about things that were happening to my health that probably were menopause related. So particularly around tiredness and um, brain fog, itchy skin, recurrent uh, UTIs, etc. Um, so I suspect I probably started going through it probably within the last 12 to 18 months. And um, so how, how long did, you, did it take you to diagnose? Well, I saw um, I saw a GP in May this year, so I, I didn't really do a great deal about it, um, partly because I knew that I needed to have a gynae checkup because my marina coil was now out of um, license period, so I needed to have something done about that. So I was waiting for various referrals, uh, etc. But when I saw um, a menopause specialist GP back in May, I decided to start HRT um, because I had a good talk through with her of what my symptoms were. And she more or less concluded that, you know, I was going through the menopause. Uh, I also had through 
our occupational health team at um, the hospital had a really comprehensive consultation with a specialist menopause nurse. So that was a telephone consultation about 45 minutes. I don't think I've ever had 45 minutes of a healthcare professional's time in my entire life. And it was just incredible. She was amazing. She explained so much about common symptoms. It became obvious why I was getting recurrent UTIs, for example, because she explained how um, estrogen affects different parts of your body and your bladder, your bones, etc. So that was a really good eye opener for me on on maybe wider things that I could do to support myself. So although I did start HRT, I've also started taking vitamin D. I've also um, started to do exercises that build bone strength, for example. So I think once I did seek medical advice, I found it exceptionally helpful and uh, would encourage people to, to do the same if they're worried. But it sounds like there was this long period before the symptoms first started and when you sought medical advice and it started helping you is that right there is and I, and I think that the next thing really for, to talk about that puts that into concept context is the fact that I do live with chronic anxiety and depression and I have done my whole life and I think when you have a um, depression type mental illness you tend to dismiss physical symptoms as being part of your overall mental health. So if you're stressed, for example, I often get a knot in my stomach when I'm stressed. So I don't necessarily attribute that to a physical cause. I may say, oh, well, I'm obviously really stressed because I'm getting this symptom. And I think one of the problems with the menopause is because it's such a collection of symptoms, it's very easy to say, oh, well, it's because you know, it's because of COVID, I'm having to work different hours, or it's because of stress, etc. So um, I think I probably was a little bit slower in getting help. But to be honest, because I wasn't having difficult periods or bleeding anymore, that was my biggest trauma almost in my in my 40s that you know I could I sometimes felt I couldn't leave the house because I my bleeding was so heavy. So um I kind of just muddled along for a while, I think. And you mentioned your mental health. Was there anything else that made your experience of menopause maybe quite unique to you? Um, I think it's difficult to say, really, because um, I suspect a lot of women at this point in time have gone through a very different way of life during COVID and maybe you know we haven't acknowledged the menopause being part of what we're feeling now we've kind of thought um or may you know maybe that's because of um working differently working at home you know I think I have a very uh on the whole a very harmonious home life but I think it's been a struggle for a lot of people to get through intense time with their partner and their family without feeling a little bit stressed or a little bit anxious so um I don't know that menopause was was at the front of my mind when I was thinking that um but equally I think looking back now had I thought about it I probably would have sought help earlier if I'm honest mm. for something like HRT and certainly the the other um the other support um vitamin supports etc that that can be really helpful and at the time did you know where to go looking for information was that information readily available to you 
it, well, it was for, it wasn't work. I've also had recently, well, well, not in the too distant past. I've I've read quite a lot of uh, self help books about diet during menopause and the sort of mood foods and things. So um, I'm, I'm a great follower of Liz Earle, who is a uh, written books about menopause. I've been to um, seminars of hers, for example. So I was very aware of what could be done. Um, I think one of the difficulties, and I'll talk a bit more about this in a minute, I think one of the difficulties is when you have muddled thinking and brain fog, you don't necessarily think in a linear way and think, right, if I take up swimming, for example, I know that will help my mental health, therefore I will take up swimming. You just think, I'm really tired, I don't want to go swimming. So it's that kind of those kind of thought patterns that don't support um, good life choices. Sometimes they're a little bit writ large during menopause where you just think, actually, all I really want to do is go to bed and snuggle under my duvet. So, you know, it's it's tricky. Yeah. And so, so thinking about your uh, work experience, how did menopause affect you at work? So the biggest, well, there's a couple of couple of big problems. I think brain fog and muddled thinking is definitely the worst. So I'm not a naturally organised person, but I've never felt so chaotically out of control of my work life as I have really during the last two years. And um, I just think remembering things, you know, remembering where I need to be for work because we work in an agile fashion. Sometimes I'm working at home, sometimes I'm in different locations. Um, I can't always remember words when I'm in a meeting. So I might put my hand up in a Teams meeting to ask a question. And if I don't write it down, by the time it gets to my turn, I will have completely forgotten what it was. And I think those types of symptoms really bothered me because I'm actually quite a confident person in my job and um, my knowledge and skills. And I suddenly felt like I was becoming a bit of a shell. And it was very difficult for me to acknowledge that because of my seniority, I felt that I had to be coping and uh, tiredness became a real issue. And for the first time ever in my 30 odd year career, I had my line manager had to talk to me about my timekeeping because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't displaying senior management behaviours in terms of you know, my timekeeping. Um, but that was helpful. It was good to be able to talk about that and say so. And we were able to make some adjustments for that. Um, and I think although I've never felt suicidal or had any thoughts of self-harm as a result of my mental health, I did wonder on a few days, I just can't cope. I want to run away um, and I want to come back when I feel better. And um, that's how I I felt sometimes when I got home from work that I just wanted somebody to organize my whole life for me. I didn't I almost didn't want to be a grown up anymore. And I think that that was definitely the worst thing, that kind of loss of sense of myself, really. That's how it came across. And how did you cope with that? Um, so. How I describe it, and it's often how I describe when I'm having an episode of poor mental health, I try and make my world smaller. So I try and do things that I can manage. So 
I don't make ambitious plans to go out and go traveling or do anything, um, you know, adventurous. I stick to my routine of being at home and look after the cat and make a nice dinner for me and my partner. Um, I'm very, very fortunate in the job that I have in that I can talk to my line manager about anything. And I do feel a bit sorry for him sometimes because I think he is of that trusted nature that a lot of his direct reports talk to him about a lot of things. And he he is a very um, accommodating manager, with obviously within the confines of, of what the service needs and, and requires. Um, but we were able to make small changes to my working day to accommodate my tiredness. So I could come in a little bit later and stay and, you know, work a, later on just because also, I mean, on a practical level, if you are using gel HRT, that's something you have to do in the morning, either after you've had a shower or, um, you know, you, it, it's it, you put it straight on your skin. So you've got to wait for it to dry. You can't get dressed till you've done it. So it just it's probably it takes no more than five minutes, but it's just an extra thing to think about when you wake up. And um, uh, often on a couple of occasions, I've got dressed and realised I haven't done it and then had to kind of, you know, start from scratch again. So there is that kind of um, extra routine, if you like, that that needs um, needs to be done in the morning. And you mentioned your manager. So how supported did you feel at work generally? Oh, with your really, really supported, very supported. And I think... Um, I feel in quite a privileged position because not everyone has that relationship with their line manager. Uh, but I think one of the things I would say about the organisation I work for is that there are other avenues to seek for health, for help. So there's a health and wellbeing team, occupational health team, for example. There are plenty of people who can help you if you don't want to talk to your immediate line manager. And I feel very lucky to work in an organization like this because in all honesty some organizations probably won't even you wouldn't even have a conversation about menopause it would be something that that just got ignored or worse was laughed at or seen as a kind of you know oh please you know, kind of eye-rolling behavior that you sometimes get with women's health and I just feel that um by having somebody I can say well you know and it's something you have to take to them they can't sort of say to you you're you're feeling a bit tired you think you might be menopausal because clearly you know that's not an appropriate line of questioning but if but equally um you know if if your manager does notice a dip in your performance or your dip in your mood then have a think about how you're presenting and talk to them and say, look, actually, do you know what? I am really tired and this is what's really bothering me. So, um, yeah, I feel very supported. The one thing I would like to say, though, on behalf of everyone that works in the NHS, is I don't think that I don't think the service is well designed for people who are not on who are not on their peak the whole time. I think it can be difficult. There's a lot of meetings. The work is relentless. Um, and to some degree, we have to find a slightly more sophisticated way of helping people get through that period of their life. And whether that means they work different shifts, so they don't do very long days, they do shorter hours over, you know, more days, whatever. But 
I think it needs a good radical rethink, actually, not on a case-by-case basis. Mm. Yes, and I guess, but also people will need different things at different times. Yes. And like yeah. we mentioned, not everyone, everyone's menopause experience is very unique. And um, I'm glad to hear that you had such a supportive, positive experience with it. And pe- people, v- what you were offered perhaps won't fit somebody else. Yes, yeah, no, yeah. I do appreciate that. Um, so, and also, I'm interested to hear about your colleagues. So, you said your manager was very supportive. You got a lot of um, a lot of support that you needed. Uh, what sort of team do you work in, and how supportive? So, are you? we work quite. We work as, um, in an agile way as a team. So, we're quite a big team, but we're not all in the, the office at the same time, and that can be quite a challenge because sometimes you're having to remember you know, picking up threads of a conversation you might have had on Teams when you then see that per- that person in the office. So that can be quite a challenge. But on the whole, I mean, I work in a very supportive team. We've got a mixture of ages and gender. So, I, you know, I don't feel anyone in the team is, is judging me in any way. Um, and I know there are other members of the team who are going through similar issues. But as you say, you know, it can be very personal. So my main issue is tiredness, whereas someone else's issue might be hot flushes, for example. I've never had an issue with that, um, but I know colleagues that do. Um, and they, what they try and do, and I think this is great that we can accommodate this, they try and make meetings shorter so that, you know, they don't have to sit there worrying that they're going to have a hot flush, because that actually can be worse it can be the anticipation of something happening. <clears throat> so yeah, on the whole, I think I think the team works really well and supports one another. That's great to hear. And um, what for you was the most helpful thing in managing your menopause symptoms at work? Just just being able to talk to my manager. I think you can't underestimate how good it feels. Ne- knowing that someone is understands what what's happening um and doesn't feel i don't i just don't feel alone now i've told my manager and thinking about your personal life now how did menopause affect that um i think well i'm i'm quite just dis- i'm quite disorganized at home anyway but I'm much more disorganised than I was. Um, I get quite stressed at slight changes of plans. Um, and I feel I'm losing control of my life if my routines get interrupted or plans have to be altered. So, for example, I'm off to Scotland at the weekend and I'm already stressing because part of our train journey is currently not operational because of flooding. And I'm reliably informed by my travel companions that that will all have been sorted by Saturday but I'm already stressing about it and I think that's something that it's more difficult to get to let go of because things tend to go round and round in your head and of course having anxiety and depression doesn't help but um, one thing on a positive side I would say one thing it has done is is really galvanised me to do my health and wellbeing routine so I have started swimming regularly I do make sure I take all of my medication on time um, correctly. I have medication for blood pressure, medication for depression and anxiety, and of course my HRT. So I developed a good morning routine to make sure all of that gets done and doesn't get forgotten. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I live a, I live a very quiet life at home anyway, and I don't think my menopause has affected me outwardly, but inwardly, it's made me a lot more anxious. What was the main lesson that you have learned from your menopause experience? I think my main lesson is is to acknowledge it and don't struggle on. So let people know how you are feeling, share your experiences, and um, particularly if you have female friends of the same age, they're probably going through similar or have been through similar um, experiences. So when I, I go away once a year with a, a group of, of women friends who I've known for a very long time, and it's incredible how uh, similar many of our experiences are. We have different views on things like the use of HRT, for example, but it's really lovely to have a group of people that you can talk to about it. And um, and and so it kind of makes you feel a bit more normal. I know we're not probably supposed to use words like normal and abnormal, but but I've never felt as abnormal as I have during some of the, the menopause um, sort of, you know, anxiety um, episodes so I think yeah don't struggle on um, and, and I think it's difficult when you use your intellect a lot during work so when you're used to being a problem solver which almost all of us are in the NHS we feel we've got to find the answer ourselves and my view would be don't try and do that give yourself a break and let other people help you that's good advice and it's if any managers are listening to us at the moment, what advice would you give them? So I think just try and be a, be a supportive manager. And if you're not in a position to to talk to your member of staff about how they're feeling or or to help them, then signpost them to places where they can get good help. And as I've already mentioned, the health and well-being services, occupational health services that we have in the NHS are fantastic. Um, so if I was a manager, I would be saying to, a, you know, if a woman came to me with with menopause challenges, I would say, right, well, go and talk to these people. These people can help you. And and just maybe just keep an eye on that individual and just ask ask how they are. And be prepared for the question not to be just okay. It could be actually I'm really struggling today, and just help them find solutions. Um, I think it's almost like a sort of coaching approach. You know, as a manager, don't tell somebody what's best for them. Just try and get out of them how they can help, and what how you can help them, and and what help is available professionally for them. I think that would be my my main advice. But don't ignore it. Because somebody could be somebody could be suffering quite badly and just not not want to admit it for whatever reason. Um, but just do as much as you can to be supportive. And I think it's a really good point about the the range of support that is available in the NHS. That uh, it it may be quite unsettling, especially perhaps for male managers, but even yes. for female yeah. managers who haven't experienced it. Um, but you don't have to carry it alone. Yeah. There are people who, who you can signpost to who will support with this and who can support managers as well. And do you think there is a difference between male and female managers and colleagues? And is there anything that maybe male colleagues need to 
do more or know more of? I think it, I mean, it's so difficult to say, isn't it? Because, I mean, I have a male manager who is probably in quite a female dominated work environment in workforce. And um, I don't think he ever puts puts a foot wrong when it comes to supporting women at work. Whereas you could have a female manager, as you say, who hasn't been through that experience and can't quite sort of, you know, stretch their imagination to see what it might be like. So I, I think, you know, just just don't be afraid of your manager um, and don't assume because they're a man they, that they don't have the wherewithal to support you. And, you know, if I think of the age of some of the managers in the NHS, they may well have menopausal wives at home. So it may be that they know an awful lot more about it than you give them credit for. <laughs> That's true. And actually, there is this myth that, you know, women would be more supportive and understanding. But some of the stories I have heard is where women who sailed through menopause don't understand yeah. what the big deal, like, yes. what is it all about, and actually yeah. are less supportive than potentially those who haven't had that experience at all. So, yes, it's very um, wide ranging. You can't categorize people by gender. Yeah. Um, and what would your advice be to other women who exper experience menopause symptoms? I think my advice would be, uh, I, I suppose, if I take a step back to maybe 10 years and think about what what I probably ought to have known or be advised, I think I would say be prepared, uh, read about it. And um, I think it's a little bit like... Uh, maternity services and childbirth you know everyone will give you the best advice about what worked for them but you have to choose what works for you and what I would say is don't go in there with a fixed idea of like oh I never want to have HRT because of x y and z um, listen to how HRT might benefit you and actually if it does benefit you why would you rule it out so I think my my Advice would be be prepared, keep an open mind and be prepared to change your mind if you think actually, you know, because the only person that's going to be affected by your decisions is you. It's no different. You know, your your healthcare practitioner, it's no different for them whether you choose to take um, any medication or no medication. I would definitely advise people to to share where they can where they feel comfortable um, and if you know that you're not going to be able to do that within your immediate circle then then seek out seek out the support at work lovely thank you so much Alison is there thank anything you. that you feel that we haven't covered that you wanted to share <clears throat> not not particularly but what I would say is I don't have any children and I cannot imagine how difficult it must be to go through the tiredness, the brain fog and the muddled thinking when you're also having to organise teenagers going to university or elderly parents that need care. So I would say a bit of self-care is a really really important thing and you may think you haven't got any time for doing something for yourself but try and make that time even if it's just 10 minutes to listen to a podcast that you know will make you chuckle or will help you relax because 
you need to put yourself at the centre when you're going through this difficult thing. There's a brilliant saying that a lot of medics use um, when they're talking about wellness at work, which is put your own oxygen mask on first before you help anyone else. And I do think that's true. You can't go helping everyone if you haven't looked after yourself. Yes, and there's uh, the saying that you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. So yes, you have to exactly. fill up your cup first before you can yeah. support others. I definitely yeah. believe that's true. That's a really nice note to finish on. Thank you so much, Alison.